Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. This episode of the Raptors Over Everything Podcast is presented by KFC. So, I'm recapping the Toronto Raptors 110-106 to win over the San Antonio Spurs. Um, but, I, I, I genuinely don't know if this game matters. Uh, I mean, it does. It's it's a big win. It's, it's a, objectively speaking, very well-played game. A lot of ups and downs. A lot of good moments. And I'll get to that in a second. But um, this game was played about two hours after uh, it was uh, reported that uh, Kobe Bryant and his daughter, 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, uh, were among nine people that had uh, died in a plane crash um, in Los Angeles. Uh, apparently, Kobe, who's 41 when this happened, um, uh, apparently he was taking his uh, his daughter to practice, which um, seems very fitting for Kobe. It really does. Um, but uh, it, it was very sudden news, very tragic news. Uh, it's one of those moments where you're always going to remember where you were uh, when it happened. And, uh, I mean, I, I, ju- I actually just finished writing a sort of a tribute to Kobe and sort of what he meant. And and this and touched on this game in general that was played between the Raptors and the Spurs, but uh, it I don't know, man. It doesn't. It it just doesn't. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It does. It doesn't. It, the words are hard to come right now. It really does. I I wouldn't really say I was a big Kobe fan, but you cannot be a fan of basketball and not be a fan of Kobe and not appreciate what he did, what he meant to the game. Um, he's. He's such an icon. Like, um, you know, this is not the time to debate where he ranks all time. All that shit is pointless. It's meaningless. Um, what this time is for is just to recognize that the way Kobe Bryant went about the sport of basketball, the way he loved the game, the way he mastered the game, the way he dedicated his entire life to the game, um, that's something that's just going to be, that's something that's never going to be replicated again. Uh, and it's something that when you think about it in totality, um, it inspires you. It, it truly inspires you. Like Kobe literally made his life into a movie and it won an Oscar. Um, you know, just, you know, like I, he made the sport of basketball better. Um, he is an all-time great, a five-time champion, 18-time All-Star. The two Olympic gold medals, which were both very memorable. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of the United States in terms of international competitions, but how could you not respect the Redeem team doing what they did in 2008? Kobe Bryant in Beijing, um, willing the team to victory over, you know, Marcus Law and, this, and the uh, Spanish national team. Um, 
I mean, you know, he's just he he did so much for the game, and and I, what makes today so tragic is just everything about it. Like everything about it is just so fucking tragic. Um, but you, you think about it, this is a man who, again, he dedicated his whole life to basketball, and the, the sport of it is so much better because Kobe did that. Um, you know, I remember that covering that 15-16 season uh and on the last day on the last day of the season there were two storylines going into it um there was uh there was the, this the Golden State Warriors chasing 73 wins uh, against the Memphis Grizzlies and also Steph Curry was chasing 400 threes on both accounts they got their marks but really the game of the night was Lakers versus Utah at Staples Center and Kobe on his last game after playing 20 seasons and undercoming, you know, undergoing the worst injury in basketball, the, the, the tearing his Achilles, um, he comes back and in his final game, he gives you 60 and not even just 60 points, but it, those 60 points were needed to win. It's, it's reminiscent of that 81 point game that he had against the Raptors. Um, in that game, I think the Raptors were up like 27 in the third quarter and Kobe goes off, for literally 81 points, just think about the mental fortitude it takes to score 81 points. Um, let alone the physical toll and everything like that. But um, in that last game, Kobe scores 60, and the spectacle and the speech and him dropping the mic and saying Mamba out, and that being his last memory as a basketball player is just um, it's just incredible. And the you know Shaq that night telling him you better get me 50, and he said. He, and Kobe was so much, was so much of an asshole, you know, <laughs> that he was like, you know what, I'm gonna give you 60 instead. How about that, Shaq? And he really gave him 60, man. And again, go back and watch the highlights, man. The Lakers were down the fourth quarter, um, and the Jazz were objectively a better team. He was on the floor with, like, you know, Larry Nance and 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 Jordan Clarkson, but it just didn't matter, man. 38-year-old Kobe Bryant after playing 20 seasons scores 60 points and um it's just it's it's so 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 sad and feels so empty especially in the immediate wake of of um of his passing um you know you, and you think about the way Kobe gave to the next generation right he loved basketball he got everything he, he ever could have out of the game of basketball <sighs> but then you know what do you do after that point? What do you do after you won it all? What do you do after you're arguably a top five player of all time? You give it back. And that's what he did. I mean, in his older years, that's that's all he did. I mean, how many times did you get excited about DeMar DeRozan going to work with Kobe Bryant? Um, you, you know, you read all these stories. Kyrie, after he wins the 2016 NBA championship, he hits the biggest shot. And what does he do the first time? He, in game seven, one of the most memorable shots of all time and one of the best playoff series of all time. His first act is to go into the locker room and call Kobe and FaceTime Kobe. You know, like that's the significance he had. Look at Kawhi, how much Kawhi was inspired by Kobe. He, I mean, you don't really see it because people don't say it. He models his game after Kobe. I remember last year, Norman Powell giving a, a, a quote in the playoffs where he said to about Kawhi Leonard, that's Kobe right there. And, um, you know, Kobe spent so much of his time training other guys Um you know, and it, 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 so much so it became a meme. 
um, the Kobe challenges, you know, it really did become a meme. But, like, seriously, how many players went out and worked with him? Even this past summer, you're looking at guys like Norman Powell and OG Anobi and, 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 like, a dozen other players going to the Mamba Academy to just have a chance to just work with Kobe, pick his brain, um, you know, figure out sort of how he saw the game and just learn from him. The amount that you learn from him, he was like a basketball Yoda in a way, man, like, Everyone respected this guy because he put that much work and effort into it. And it doesn't matter if he, if he ranks where he ranks against Michael Jordan, whether where he ranks against LeBron. What it matters is that he put everything he had into the game. You cannot deny how much he loved basketball. And he was giving it to the next generation. And then it just makes you – it just it just puts into perspective how much life is cruel. Life is fickle and they could be taken away at any single moment when you can have someone like this – taken from the world um and 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 him and his his daughter his 13 year old daughter who i mean you know he was he he put everything into into um into his kids especially in his retirement you know um him kobe being such an advocate for the WNBA for women's sports in general um you know he was he was training. He was literally training his daughter um, to just to carry on his legacy, and, and not even in an egotistical way. Just like giving everything he had into his kids. And, and I'm not a parent, um, but I, I do have a younger brother who's ten years younger than me. And in, in many ways, I do feel like a uh, you know a third parent to him. And um, you know that's that's what I would aspire to be as a parent is to do that, to sacrifice and to give everything I have to my kids and I think that's what Kobe was doing and and it's just and and to think that he was literally taking her to practice during that moment it's just life is so cruel life is so fleeting and um you know it was just it, it made for an incredibly difficult watch it made for an incredibly difficult experience um of the game I my heart goes out to everybody who was a part of that game uh, the pregame scenes again this is the game started at four o'clock Eastern time, which was about two hours after TMZ broke the news. Uh, and you know, you could literally see all the players going through it in real time. Um, you could see, you could see DeMar just sitting on the bench being consoled by Greg Popovich. I mean, if you don't know, I mean, I don't know how you wouldn't know this as a Raptor fan, but if you don't know, DeMar modeled his entire game after Kobe. DeMar is from Compton. He's from L.A. Kobe is, you know, he's L.A. royalty. He is the king of Los Angeles in a city where it's a million different celebrities and influencers and everything like that, actors and all this other bullshit. Kobe is the king, man, of L.A. of all places. And DeMar modeled his entire game after Kobe. All the mid-range shots, the pump fakes, the footwork, the shot making, the determination. Um, you know, he idolized that man. And he had to go and play basketball right now in the in the wake of the news. I mean, I was very surprised that the NBA did not cancel the games. I know it would have been very last second. I know it would have been a logistical nightmare. But we're talking about Kobe Bryant passing. Who the hell wants to watch basketball right now? Who the hell wants to play basketball right now? The, the sheer toll, the human toll that it took on the players to even go out there and perform is just is beyond me. And that's why I say part of this game doesn't matter. Because, again, you look at how, what was going through these guys' heads, man. You know, there was Tim Duncan on the bench, 
alongside Spurs assistant coach Becky Hammond, and and they're 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 crying together. And you know, you think about Tim Duncan, like this is Kobe's adversary. Over the course of their careers, Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant overlap almost perfectly. Both guys play for one team. Both guys legends. Both five time All Stars. You know, you could debate whether again it doesn't. I don't care about that shit right now. But you know, you just think about how many memories that that Tim Duncan, how many interactions that he had with Kobe over the years. And for him to be on there sitting on the bench in a suit um, it, during this during this tragedy is just it's it's horrible. And um, you know the the scenes before the game. I mean, like Demar standing on the floor and Kyle obviously coming over to him, and then Norm coming over and Pascal coming over and OG coming over and and just to see the humanity at moment of just all these friends yes they're about to play a game yes it was raw that DeMar got traded and yes it it must be incredibly difficult to then see the Raptors go on and win the title but damn like at at least they had each other in that moment and it was just heartbreaking to see them console each other and then at this you know before the game even started they, they held a moment of silence in San Antonio for Kobe and Spurs fans Spurs fans broke out into a chant of Kobe. Do you know how? I mean, I'm, I'm obviously the situation is 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 bigger than basketball itself. But just think about that from a basketball perspective for a second. To, for for Kobe Bryant, the the all time Laker, um, to be chanting in San Antonio. Don't forget how much San Antonio hates the Lakers. Right, the rivalry that over the over the years, um, the fact that Kobe's Lakers eliminated the Spurs four different times, and on at least three of those occasions, the Spurs would have gone on and beaten the Eastern Conference and probably would have been NBA champions. The Spurs could be eight-time champions if it wasn't for the Los Angeles Lakers, and it was Spurs fans that go on out and chanted Kobe, 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 Kobe over and over again. The game starts, so they're still chanting. Um, it, it's just it's amazing, and it speaks to just sort of the respect that even their most hated rivals had for Kobe. Um, that's the kind of respect he garnered. And and the start of the game, I thought it was a brilliant move by the Raptors and the Spurs to... At the start of the game, the Raptors got won the tip-off. Fred Emily brought up past half-court and stood at half-court. All the players stood still. They took a 24-second violation in honor of Kobe, number 24. And then the Spurs, on the next, next possession, did the exact same thing, 24 seconds. And... You know, from then on, the, the game started. Um, but you know, all throughout the broadcasts, you know, uh, they're talking about it. The mood in the arena is is palpable. You can sense how much tragedy is just in the air, um, and it almost makes the game, you know, difficult because I, I, for for a lot of players and probably for a lot of fans and people around the team and organizations and everything like that, sports is uh, supposed to be a reprieve from real life, man. Sports is what we do to distract ourselves from real life. Um, sports is what we do to cheer us up. Sports is something that we do to um, to bond us together. And and for sports to be the thing that causes so much pain and so much tragedy in that moment, uh, it, it it must have been incredibly difficult, um, you know. And and again, it, it almost made the game moot. It really did because. The whole time, I just spent it thinking about, you know, just not just Kobe's legacy and, and all that stuff, but just um, how cruel life can be and, and how much, you know, we spent all this time writing and thinking about uh, just a game of basketball, and just who can put the ball in the hoop, who can prevent the other team from putting the ball in the hoop. It, it, it's almost ridiculous in a way, um, and it, it felt very trivial in the moment, so uh, I, I apologize that 
um, you know, it's, it's not, it's not what you would typically expect when you click on one of these podcasts. Um, but you know, as for the game itself, from, from honestly, the, the bit that I could remember, um, obviously, uh, Pascal Siakam was amazing. Uh, in the first quarter, it's the best I've ever seen him. Uh, he scored 25 points in the first quarter, which is a Raptors franchise record. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous how he was hitting threes, how decisive he was playing, beating everyone one-on-one in transition, one-on-one moves, everything like that. It was nuts. I mean, you just hitting, putting pull-up threes. He really looked like Kevin Durant out there. And, um, it was great to see the Raptors obviously raced out to, a um, a big lead because of Pascal. Uh, Pascal also did a really good job of just kicking it out. Um, him and Fred have great chemistry together and, uh, he found Fred for a couple open threes, and and, and and you know Pascal's playmaking is something that is an area of growth for him, and he needs to continue growing, especially when he's hot. Defense is going to collapse on him; he's going to have to kick, kick it out and find the open guy. And, and Fred was able to do that. But you know, Spurs are a resilient team, and uh, similar to the last game against San Antonio, which was played in Toronto, where the Raptors lost at the very end. Raptors held the lead, uh, but in the third quarter, the Spurs make this push, and. Um, the Spurs were just lights out from three in, in the third quarter. It was uh, some bad defense by the Raptors for sure. The Raptors were definitely more focused on taking away the rim uh, than they were going into three-point line. But, you know, it, the Spurs just got a lot of open threes, and they made a whole bunch of open threes. Raptors led by 19 early on in the second quarter. Uh, the Spurs ended up taking the lead uh, in the third quarter, towards the end of the third quarter. And it should have created this like really, really tough battle at the very end where the Raptors had to really steady themselves. Um, believe it or not, Marcus Gasol went on a personal eight, nothing run at one point. He hit a, one of those looping turnaround jumpers over Yaka Pertl and he hit some free throws and, and he hit a three and it just really calmed the team down. Kyle made a whole bunch of plays, uh, down the stretch. Uh, Fred made a huge three and, and some key free throws to really put the Spurs away. And, you know, Pascal did his thing amid all of that. I mean, he, he, the defense was definitely uh, keying in on him. And so uh, I thought one of the plays of the game, uh, one of the KC plays of the game was just him, um, you know, driving the lane, getting a switch against uh, DeMar DeRozan, attacking it, drawing a second defender, and uh, kicking it out to Fred Van Vliet, who uh, relocated and, and hit the three and, and lost his defender. Um, that was a big possession to gave the Raptors a three-point edge in the last minute. Uh, and of course, you know, Kyle Lowry always factors into all these things. Um, you know, Kyle, uh, just attacking out the pick and roll again, attacking DeMar. There was really a concerted effort to attack DeMar defensively. Um, and Kyle's able to get to the rim score. And also he made it a brilliant play where, uh, Raptors had missed a shot. The Spurs are going to get the ball back up through uh, down three with a chance to tie. And Kyle ends up, uh, you know, waiting on the rebound where DeJounte Murray comes down with the ball. It's very similar to the game against the Knicks. Uh, where, you know, that inbound pass went to Randall and Kyle Lowry snuck up on him and, and, and stole the ball. Uh, this is a similar situation where uh, Murray comes down with the defensive rebound and Kyle's waiting underneath them, sl- slaps the ball out of his hand, out, uh, it, it bounces off of uh, Murray's uh, hand. He's reaching for it as it goes out of bounds and uh, the Raptors get the ball back and Fred gets the free throws and that's game over. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, it, again, man, it's it's hard. It's hard to think about the game. It really is. Um, you know, it was just, it was a game where, again, so much respect to the players for playing it. I, I'm a little surprised. I really am that Adam Silver didn't step in and try to cancel the games or anything. Um, I'm sure they will do a lot in the coming, 
uh, weeks and in the coming months and the coming years to honor Kobe. Uh, again, it, this is just something that is unprecedented almost in the world of sports. It, it really is. I'm not that old. I, I don't know the totality of sports and, and how much has gone on and how much tragedy has gone on. But this is, in my lifetime, in my 27 years, it is is... <sighs> It's just senseless, man. The guy was, he was 41. He was taking his 13-year-old daughter to practice. And to have something like that happen, and with seven other people on board, it's just, I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know. Um, but I hope the I hope the, the NBA does something to, uh, to honor Kobe. Um, because I, I really do think that, Look, he's not a perfect man. He definitely is not a perfect man. He is not someone who has, um, who is universally beloved. He, you know, there you can look up what happened in Colorado and things like that. These are things that um, you cannot take back. And I don't think any, 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 I don't know anything you do on a basketball court takes that away. But. Um, I think just strictly speaking in the, in, in the sport of basketball itself and just in, in the realm of sports itself, um, the fact that someone put that much love and energy into mastering something, it's it's to me, it's very admirable. And I think it re- it resonates throughout. And, and for someone like that to give back to the game, um, to champion women's sports, um, to, to pass it on to so many players. I mean, I, I look how many players are in the NBA wear Kobe's. It's not just because they're Nike athletes, man. It's because they love Kobe. Um, DeMar DeRozan's not the only guy that patterned his game after Kobe. I'm, I'm sure every single one of these players grew up as a small kid throwing a, a piece of paper or a foam ball or anything, a ball of socks into a basket and yelling Kobe while they did it. I, I know I definitely did it. Um, and, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's very inspiring, and I hope um, – I I hope his legacy lives on in the players, and I do believe it will, um, because how could it not? Um, how could it not? Um, it's something. What's fundamental about Kobe is something that is so fundamental about the sport itself. Um, you know, it's it's about loving the game. It's about dedicating yourself to something and it's about mastering and i think no matter what walk of life you come from um you can you can take something about from that you can be inspired by that um and so uh back to the spurs raptors games that uh, i honestly i do i don't think it, it, it mattered that much uh especially given the context um but you know just just to fill out the show like uh your three stars tonight obviously pascal number one 35 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, uh, 12 of 23 shooting, 5 of 11 from 3, 6 of 9 from the free throw line, plus 15, 37 minutes, his best effort since injury, played really well. Um, didn't have the ball as much in the third quarter while the Raptors sort of gave up the lead, but uh, you know, still was a prominent part in the end, and that's what you want to see from Pascal. You want to see him close games. Um, you know, Second star, I'm giving that to Kyle Lowry. Just because he made a bunch of very very key plays throughout uh, in crunch time, sixteen points, six of fourteen shooting, one of seven from three, four rebounds, four assists, a steal. But honestly, so, so much of Kyle Lowry's impact goes beyond the box score. Uh, he really does um, change so many things by the Raptors, and, and and the courage to take over the game tonight in the fourth quarter when you know it didn't really seem like the Raptors could play the exact same way down the stretch as they did um, at the start of it. 
Uh, Kyle really stepped up when the game was difficult and made a bunch of key plays. And so you got to really respect Kyle for doing that. Uh, and he's really done it all season. We don't give him enough credit for being so clutch. And then third star, you can go a lot of ways with it. Uh, I think Fred deserves a shout for 13 points, four rebounds, seven assists, four steals, a block. But you know what? I'm going to give it personally to Marc Gasol, who only had eight points, 12 rebounds, five assists, but was a plus 11, 36 minutes, and he really stabilized the defense. Really, the Raptors needed to just get better defensively. Um, and he came up with a couple of stops. He came up with his, his little scoring run there, which accounted for all eight of his points. And, uh, you know, just did a really good job moving the ball and, and playing solid basketball. The, what the Raptors really needed tonight just because of the circumstances um, and because the way the game was flowing. It's just they needed someone to stabilize. And I thought Gasol did a really good job of stabilizing. But honestly, Fred has the same case. And it it, it's, it sucks. I, could, I wish I could give it to Fred, too. Um, in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award, uh, Spurs got a contribution from everybody. So uh, it's hard to pick one, but if I had to go one, going with Derek White, who also got the Gerald Henderson Award when the Spurs beat the Raptors last time. Uh, White, 14 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 blocks. He had 6 turnovers and didn't shoot the ball that well. Uh, I don't really think he can shoot that much, but defensively, I think he really gave the Raptors problems, and he really sort of led that charge. He was the main aggressor in leading the Spurs' comeback, so uh, shout out to him. But uh, yeah, that does it for the podcast, man. Um, You know, it's... uh, Oh, and it's just other news items. Um, Rondé twisted his ankle. He left the game. He stopped on Marco Bellinelli's foot trying to, you know, uh, post up. And uh, immediately left the game. He had to be helped off the floor by Malcolm Miller and Stanley Johnson. Uh, And Norman Powell, it looked like at one point in the first half he had strained his leg. um, But he came out and returned and and finished out the game. So, you know, seems like he he might be okay. But we'll see. But, uh, yeah, the Raptors have now extended a win streak to seven games. um, And... I, I don't even know what else to say, man. It's just, it feels like the game doesn't matter, but uh, at least Raptors pulled it out. And um, yeah, uh, you know, as, as for anything else, um, I'm not, I'm not religious, so I don't really know what to say, but I just, uh, I'm keeping um, Vanessa Bryant's and Kobe's uh, three surviving daughters, um, uh, in my mind, and I, I really, really hope that um, they can land on their feet after all of this, and all those that depended on Kobe, surrounded by Kobe, inspired by Kobe. Uh, it's it's just a horrible, horrible tragedy, and um, yeah, I, I guess you just have to you just have to move on now. So, um, thanks again to everyone for listening. Thanks to KFC for sponsoring the podcast, and uh, I'll be back after after play the next game. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.